Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Hi, this is Laurie Seymour, founder of the Baca Journey and host here at Wisdom Talk Radio. I've just returned from a month in Africa. I feel changed and impacted at the deepest levels of my being. Even before I went to Africa, after hearing my two guests today, Papa Ja and Sylvia Karanja, speak at, a, at an event, I knew I wanted to share their vision with you. It has profound implications and possibility for the U.S., especially in the midst of our currently divisive political and social climate. Papa Jaz is founder and president of the African Leadership Group, an advocacy organization dedicated to improving the quality of life for immigrants. Through social, economic, and educational empowerment programs, ALG helps families successfully integrate into their local community. A native of Senegal, one of the countries I got to go to in Africa, Papa immigrated to Denver in 1998. He used his first job stocking books to teach himself how to read, write, and speak English. Beginning with an entry-level position in a local bank, over the next 17 years, Papa ultimately climbed the ranks to become a regional vice president. In 2017, Papa left his banking career to focus his full attention on running and growing ALG. Sylvia Karanja was born and raised in Kenya, another of the countries I got to spend time in, in, uh, in Africa. She moved to the United States right after high school in 2009 and spent the next two years pursuing a degree in accounting. But she quickly realized that it wasn't her passion. It was while working part-time at a financial firm that she fell in love with finance. As a foreigner in a new country, she found out that most immigrants are not aware of how to navigate the financial world. Actually, some of us are not even those of us who are not immigrants have trouble navigating the financial world. But Sylvia has made it her life's mission to educate people on their finances so as to take advantage of the American dream. As an active member of the African Leadership Group, as well as the educational coordinator, she is involved in leading all the educational programs. Welcome, Papa and Sylvia, I am delighted that you are here. Thank you for having us. It is truly my pleasure. So, Papa, let me ask you first, what in your own life provided the, I guess what I could call the foundation for creating the African Leadership Group? What, what really moved you from within you, from your own experience of life, to do this. Okay. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for having us. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you and, uh, and uh, people listening to your show as well. And uh, welcome back from spending few, 
few couple of weeks in Africa. Thank but, you. Yeah, and uh, as 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 Senegalese, and I I grew up from uh, you know part of a poor family where we didn't have much, and uh, everything that we had we had to share it. And I like to tell people that in order for me to go to school, I had to wait for my brother to come back so I can put on the shoes and the pants that he was wearing for me to go to school. Mm-hmm. So all my life, I was raised uh, being part of a family where we did not have much, but not yet the little that you had, you have to share it. And uh, growing up in a household on a daily basis, you have more than 50 people. Uh, and everything that you had, food, everything that we shared. So I grew up with uh, knowing the value of sharing, uh, knowing the value of families, uh, and helping each other. So when I came to the United States in 1998, uh, I came, you know, coming from a family where you were surrounded by a lot of people, and now all of a sudden you find yourself in an environment where uh, you have the language barrier, the culture barrier, and you did not have that family support uh, to, to go to to help. So mm-hmm. uh, early in the process that I need to, I, I understood the fact that I, I needed to rely on people. So and when I started working at the bookstore, there, you know, I was surrounded by people that were very helpful and caring and were very, very, very patient with me, especially that I... I could not understand on a daily basis what I was, what I was being asked to do. <laughs> so I, I, I find myself carrying a small dictionary in, in, in the bookstore where I always have to go back and take a look at a couple of words to come back and, and, and communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized that it was extremely difficult for me. It was very, very hard. And, and even knowing the difference between a dime and a nickel, uh, was was a problem because I've never seen the dollar, I've never seen the coins, so everything was new. <laughs> so, but yet I had the opportunity to be surrounded by people that were patient to teach me, to guide me. And when I transitioned to the bank, uh, transitioned to the bank, I that the first time that I had a mentor, um, a gentleman by the name of Derek Brown, really was my mentor when I was a teller and 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 changed my life. Wow, and I remember until now the first the first day we made to say like I will help you, but you know you're gonna have to pay me, and 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 here I am saying, here we go again. Somebody trying to help you, but want you to pay you. Mm-hmm. And I remember until now what you told me. Well, the way you're gonna pay me is to go back and and help other people. And, oh my! And and I I it was the biggest learning that I ever had because that's what I tried to do and that's how you know that thing stayed with me and that's how everything started for me to 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 to, to start helping members of the African immigrant community when they come to the bank to find an African working in the bank it was unheard of I was supposed to be at McDonald's or at the airport checking luggages mm-hmm. and for them to come and see an African boys are working in the bank and and come to find out that, you know, everything that I was doing in the bank, they could do it, but they did not realize that it was within reach for them. They didn't have that vision. And so you became that picture that could compel them or, or in, and inspire them to, to try out something different. That is, that is correct. And that's how, 
you know, I start having line out the door. People start bringing me their translation paper, the immigration paper, uh, you know, everything that they needed help, they will bring it. And I find myself getting in trouble at the bank because I would do <laughs> more social work than the work that I was doing at the bank. And that's how the idea occurred for me to start uh, the African Leadership Group. I didn't know any of that, Papa. That, that's um, that's a, a beautiful story and speaks so much to how we have to how we have to pass things on, how when we are, are given things in our own life that we, we have to, in order to keep our own self, our own integrity, we have to, to move that into a bigger, a bigger realm and share with others. You know, it, it, that's what that, for me, that's what we call the secret of life. Everybody is in a position to do that. But sometimes we are so caught up in what we have going on, our personal need, and we, we forget that we are in this world to, to, to accomplish a mission. And mm-hmm. part of the mission is to, to really have an impact in others. And, and, and I always tell everybody in the community, you don't realize it, but every single human being is in a position to help or impact somebody else. And I tell members, of the, even sharing information, you mm-hmm. are Somebody. So we all are in a position to do that. Uh, and the most valuable thing that we have, which is time, sometimes gets in the way because we get so busy, say, I don't have the time, I don't have the time. But we all can make the time to, to help each other. I'm also struck with the fact that people often think they, they don't have the ability or the smarts or the money or the, uh, the talent to to share something that they that they don't realize the essence of what they have to to offer and that's so empowering to realize that each and every one of us does have that that capacity and that ability yeah we all do and uh, and that's why we are in the position that we are and and in and if i can speak for my community which is the african immigrant community we learn by seeing uh, you know, we did not come from an environment of dream and vision in most cases. We came from an environment of survival. And, and, and quite often, before you believe in something, you got to be able to see it and touch it. And that's why we do the work we do. Now, I can clearly and comfortably tell you that I am no longer alone in this mission. Uh, we have a lot of other people that are part of the vision, that have the same passion that I have and that are out there helping and impacting people. And the other thing that I want to address is, as immigrant, the integration piece is key. Uh, I always tell people, if you're from Senegal and you come to the United States, you watch the Senegalese TV, you speak the Senegalese dialect, you listen to the Senegalese music, your best friends are from Senegal. It's just like you took the entire country of Senegal and bring it to the United States. Uh, part of mm-hmm. integration is embracing uh, the environment that you are in. And we are in an amazing position where we can choose what's best from our culture and what's best from the United States and put it together. Uh, and it's, it's, it's time for us to come together as human beings. It's time mm-hmm. that we put our differences behind. It's time that we put, you know, whatever the case might be, uh, we are all human beings and we need to learn 
how to come together, eat together, work together, and care for each other. I want to come back to that, Papa, in a, in a moment. That is that is something I want to build upon because I I am uh, in in complete agreement with you that that is what we're needing. But Sylvia, I wanted to turn to you for a moment because you you arrived in the U.S. as a young woman, and um, you know from my perspective, you are still a young woman. Um, <laughs> but how have you navigated this? this transition that you had to make between cultures. And Papa was just talking about, you know, that the importance of that, but how has that been for you? Um, so for me, I didn't necessarily have the same experience that Papa had because mm -hmm. I did not have the language barrier. Right. So for me, when I came to America, um, I remember my dream was to actually work at a McDonald's <laughs> movie coming to America and so I don't know there's just something about McDonald's from that movie I was like oh I want to work at a McDonald's so I, I did uh -huh. a month into it I was like oh it's not what it's cut out to be. <laughs> yeah maybe not you know so for me language was not necessarily a barrier for me um Neither did I have a culture shock, so to speak. It was more just getting used to the different systems and how things work, which wasn't hard for me to kind of integrate and understand because, like I said, language is not a problem for me. And so having family here also helped a lot because I had family members that lived in Denver that were able to help me and kind of take me by their hand and kind of show me around. So my transition wasn't as difficult as Papa's was. Right. But so you had built in sharers, you know, in your family members that were here. Yes. But still it is a different culture. I mean, I, I'm, when I'm amazed to hear you say I, you didn't experience culture shock. Um, I see. I feel like when I came, when I came to America, Kenya had already been, had already started getting so westernized. And so most of what I saw when I came to America, I'd already started experiencing when I was in Kenya. Uh, okay. so that's what I'm saying. It wasn't much of a culture shock for me. Yeah. As most of what was going on here and what I was experiencing, I would also experience back in Africa, back in Kenya. I think really the biggest thing for me was knowing that I had to start working at such a young age because back in Kenya, um, people don't start working until maybe after college, you know, in their 20s. Uh. But then I came and I was 18 and I had to get a job. Now that was, you know, that was definitely difficult for me because I didn't think I had to work out soon. I was like, I'm still a baby. I don't, you know, I don't need but, but that's the perfect time that, to work at McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> And so for me, it was more about having to work and my friends back home are not working. And then also maybe the school system might have been a little difficult, uh, a little different, but not, mm -hmm. but not too different at the yeah. same time. Well, so, you, you definitely uh, embody that sense of having um, navigated this so beautifully. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I tend to think so. I tend to think I, you know, I kind of did transition and integrate everything kind of well. So, and the fact that I still have an African family that holds me, you know, you, we still maintain our African culture when I go back home. I'm mm -hmm. still able to maintain that. 
even though when I go outside, I have to quote unquote be American. Right. I'm still able to kind of hold that balance together. Mm-hmm. And it is a balance. It is a mm-hmm. balance. What were, what was your draw personally to ALG? I mean, what what moved you to say, yeah, this is something that works, and I want to be a part of it. Um. So how I got introduced to ALG to begin with is me and Papa had a mutual friend, and I had spoken to that mutual friend about what I I do. Um, career-wise, so we were talking more about finance, and he told me, I think I have a friend that you need to talk to, but I didn't think much of it until maybe a week or two later when he contacted me again with Papa's information, and when I got to meet Papa and hear story and what he's doing with the African Leadership Group, it wasn't hard for me to kind of hook my red wagon to him because <laughs> he had a mission, a vision, and a plan to get there. And once you meet someone like that, like, you know, I, I had mm-hmm. a very, um, I had a, somebody tell me, once you meet someone that has a vision and a plan to get there, you want to hook your red wagon to them because they're going to lead you and other people, you know, to some destiny of some sort, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So he embodied a lot of that. And so, when he asked for my help and me to get involved in the public speaking class, it was not hard for me to say yes. And the more exposed to the uh, what ALG was all about, I I was able to, you know, kind of um, <laughs> how how can I say it? Uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of mesh what I was doing and what he was doing and kind of mesh them together. Mm-hmm. So it was because he, he, he already knew what he wanted. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was hungry for somebody to also lead me somewhere. And he, he was that person. So it was mm-hmm. not hard for me to. And hook, my, my hook, your, hook your little red wagon. Yes. <laughs> and I've seen you in the short time that I've known you, Sylvia, it, really move into more of your own inner leadership. And that, that's what each of us needs to do. Right. Uh, you know, for me and in, in my work, it's, it's always about bringing that inner leadership out, that sense of what our potential is, what our possibilities are, and, and bringing those out into the world. Uh, and Papa, as you were, were speaking to earlier, it's, it's how do we do that in a way that impacts others and uh, that, that there is a recognition that we're all in this together and that, that our, our shared common humanity is what needs to take precedence over any kind of division, rich, poor, um, tribal, you know, it, it, whatever it might be, that, that common humanity goes beyond that. So, Papa, one of the reasons I wanted to have you and Sylvia on was because I can see that this is working. You know, what what the African Leadership Group has been doing is working. And if you can speculate, you know, why do you think this has worked? and, And what could this African melting pot, so to speak, offer um, to the melting pot that is the U.S. today? You know, what could, 
how could we apply this to the U.S.? So that, those are two big questions. Yeah, there are there are big questions, but <laughs> I think uh, the the actuality uh, that uh, that's going on around need us to 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 put this debate uh, mm-hmm. conversation on the table. But let me give you a little bit of history about Africa, and most people know that. You know, mm-hmm. I can say all African country except one has been been colonized. Right. And, and Ethiopia and, is the one that hasn't, yeah, right? Yeah. Ethiopia is the one that has not. And, 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 and Liberia, maybe, to an extent. Yeah, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, what I would like to address is, as African, we've been divided for centuries by, by the colonies, okay? Mm-hmm. You, take, you take a small country like Gambia that's inside of Senegal, same cultures, same people, but yet divided because, the, the, you know, the colonies put some furniture in. And so we, we, we grew up, uh, as a continent with division, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with that, you also have, you know, ethnic background and, 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 and people think, and if you take the, the, the example of Rwanda, where you have the Tutsi and the Utu that, you know, kill each other for, for years because mm-hmm. of, and, and it goes back to colonism, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> so it's interesting. So as a continent, uh, we, we grew up with division, civil war, uh, and now to the few decade where you have democracy that become a problem and politics and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so as a continent, we've been facing these challenges. And, and, and for the longest time, as, as people of Africa, we put our fate to, to, to the Western world and we put our fate to the government and, and to realize that you know what, even though they want to, they might not be able to do it. So for me, my understanding, especially living in a country like the United States, I, I step back and observe and learn. And, and mm-hmm. I realize that the power I have as a human being, the power that I have to use my brain to a certain extent and understand certain things. And, and I said now, my fate, I'm not going to leave it on to somebody's hand or government. So for me, I realize that, okay, as human being, if we can come together we can do a lot. Now, by nature, people are scared of the unknown. What I mean by unknown is, <laughs> you know, as African, you know, we grew up and I did not grow up in a minority environment. In my mindset, I was never a minority. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I was never exposed to an environment where I see Caucasian people. I was mm-hmm. never exposed to that environment. So coming over, I was fearful of that, yeah, you know, but the more I get to be exposed in an environment and knowing that, you know what, actually there are people like me and they love me and they care about me and, and they are willing to help. So I embrace it and learn about it. It's the same exact way the other way around. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take somebody that grew up from this country that never been exposed to the, the African uh, way of life, where everything that they see on TV is the, all the negative things that happen in Africa. So they're not going to be open to embracing the African culture. It makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for me, it got to start by breaking those barriers. How do we get to know each other? How do we get to know each other's culture? So when we start with that and created that environment, so we are breaking those barriers where we can work together. And that's one thing that 
the African Leadership Group is doing, even though the name is African Leadership Group. But as an organization, we're all about human beings, all about people. So when you come to the African Leadership Group, you see people from different backgrounds, different culture, different race, and they, we come together as one and value each other. Now, I don't pretend that we are an organization that everybody has to learn from us, but I know we are open to learn from everybody, and that's one what thing that's putting us in the position that we are. And I think it's really important because for us to learn, you know, from from what you have created and what you're what you're offering there, because we're not open to learning about each other's culture, by and large. I mean, I just had the experience of you know, at least for the past month of, of being a minority, of having children, you know, get so, so giddy and pointing to me and, you know, wanting to touch me and, um, you know, getting excited, but also, you know, some other people kind of looking at me a little askance. And I was like, oh yeah, right. That, that whole experience of, of being a minority was, was eye-opening in some ways for me, but also allowed me to go deeply into what is this culture? You know, what, what am I experiencing here? And what am I having the opportunity to learn about? But in the U.S., the whole idea of melting pot that this country was founded upon seems to have gotten a little lost. What, what words of wisdom could you provide to us? Well, I mean... Uh... We just got to go back to the basic. And the basic is, <laughs> you know, we're all human beings. And, mm-hmm. and I understand there's fear out there, but really overcome the fear and be open. It's all about being open and not be narrow-minded and be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what I'm saying, I live by these things every single day and, and I'm very happy. I, I enjoy the state of, mine and how I live my life where I connect with every single person. It doesn't matter who they are as a human being. And I think, uh, you know, I don't want to put anything on our leadership, uh, but they have a very important role to play. Uh, Anybody that call themselves a leader or that is in that leadership position they need to look at themselves and, and, and ask themselves, the simple question is, how am I building the legacy for this country? How am I contributing to what this country is about? And if you find yourself uh, being that person that really look at people different, offering different things to different people based on their race, you might really question your leadership because that's what, not this, what this country is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think those are the basic things that we need to think about, put human being first. You know, anything we do, ask yourself, how is it impacting the human being? And when I say that, I, I, I take color, race, every side, but look at the person as human being. And I think that's where we need to start. Yeah. So when we get to that point also, you know, how do we raise our children? You know, do you allow them? Do we create that environment where, you know, when you go to a place, you have the opportunity to interact with people from other culture, from other race. Uh, you know, because anybody that's just putting, and, and this goes to the minority, to the Caucasian, 
anytime you're exposing your, your children uh, to just one culture, you're not doing them a favor. Expose them to everything that this life has to offer, to everything that compose the life that we, we, we live in today. That will do them a huge favor. So start early, but also people that consider themselves as leader of this country, of your community, of your organization, just think about, you know, how am I building and contributing to the legacy of this country? Yeah. And then how are we contributing to the legacy of the world? Because all of the, the separation of, of countries, it really comes down to, to culture, to politics, to whatever that, that on, on a surface level seems to divide. But if we become curious about what those differences are, we don't have to say, I'm better, you're worse, I, you're, you're better than me. We, we get to say, hey, I'm really interested in who you are and, and what you're about and what you have to offer because we're, we are all human beings. And that's correct. We, that's what it boils down to. It. And, uh, and we all have a role to play. Uh, it doesn't matter how small we start, we just need to start. <laughs> and, and that's the role that the, the African leadership group is playing. And, yeah. and we're not waiting on anybody. We're going to do our part. And uh, we're going to build and create that environment. Now, hopefully people will, you know, not learn from it, but will see that and recognize it and, 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 and be willing to be part of it and participate and contribute. And if we start with our house and our neighbor, our community, our city, our, our country, now it's going to you know, spend to the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my picture for it, for sure. Sylvia, uh, as the um, leadership coordinator, I mean, the educational coordinator, what programs are you working on that you are really excited about? Um, so right now, we have the Aura Educational Campaign, which is a campaign that, we're leading not just with the African Leadership Group, uh, so it's the African Leadership Group, RISE Colorado, and EASPA. So we've come together, and our main goal is to have the Aura Public Schools um, add more languages into their system for the immigrant and refugee communities. So that's definitely one of the bigger um, projects that I have going on right now. Wow. And besides yeah, besides that, we have the public speaking class, which is for the adults. That kind of it gives them the confidence and the content. So when they have to be in public speaking and talking about, say, what it is that they do, we can, you know, it helps them cultivate those skills early on. And then we also have the kids debate. And that's for our children ages 9 to 14. And... Mm-hmm. The main goal with that is we've realized that when we have our kids who've been raised in America, but in, Amer- um, in African households, but when they go outside the house, they have to be American. So in school, they have to adopt the American culture. And so they find themselves in this limbo and, you know, not knowing they're, they're not feeling like they're American enough as well as not African enough when they go home. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so the kids debate creates that safe space for them to come in and meet other kids just like them who go through the same issues as them. And they're able to discuss, you know, what it is that they go through and, you know, solutions, so to speak. And 
most of the times their parents are there to hear them, you know, because sometimes these are not things they can go home and talk to the parents about because they, they're not going to understand. But we've created that safe space for them to feel comfortable enough to realize, you know what, I'm not in this by myself. And they have other children just like them going through the same issues that they're going through. And, you know, they're able to help each other out. And then we also have an after-school program as well which is, you know, for all our kids. And so they come in once a week and we, we help them, say, with their homework or whatever it is that they may be uh, projects they have from school because sometimes their parents, they do not understand the educational system and they cannot help them when it comes to their, say, their math and their science and their reading. And mm-hmm. so we, we, we have people who are um, educators or teachers right now and they're able to help those kids, you know, with their, with their help, you know, make their grades a little better, save their sure. struggles. And yeah, so far that is what we have going on. <laughs> that's, that's a big slate. That's, uh, that's ambitious, I must say. Mm-hmm. We, we never do anything small. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things that um, ALG um, has or, or speaks to is the idea of, of being able to dream, being able to envision, to have aspirations, um, that that's something that uh, Americans do kind of natively. And I won't say that's across the board because there are plenty of situations where that gets crushed early on. But, mm-hmm. but that sense of, of dreaming um, and that ALG has created an acronym to, to um, really call that forward. Do either of you want to speak to that for a moment of dreams? Yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be yeah, very happy to speak to that. Uh, you know, uh, once again, I'm going to go back to the environment that we came from where we pretty much did not have the notion of dream, it's very hard to hear that you're good at something. Because like I said, once again, it's that notion of survival. And, and I can use my example. You know, when I came here and, and, and hear people talking about dream, dream, and the concept of dream that I had was, you know, you have a heavy meal at night and you go to bed and you dream about something. But I never realized that dream was that vision, dream was that goal, dream mm-hmm. was that ambition that you put forward to realize certain things. And most African, uh, we, we just did not have it. So when, we, when I started the African Leadership Group, I, I wanted to address the concept of dream to make sure we have a good understanding of, of that word and, and we can leave it and be able to explain it. And, and, and what, it, what, it, what it did is for us to really take the word and dissect it letter by letter to kind of look at it and, and know exactly what it means to us as, as a community, what it means to us as a person, and how do I live with this concept, with this vision. And, and that's when we took the letter D and, and identified it as dedication for us, knowing that anything you want to realize in life you have to be dedicated to that in order to make it happen. And the letter R, it's responsibility. You gotta be responsible. You cannot be blaming things because I am black or because I, am, I speak English with an accent. 
whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, you have to be responsible of that. Mm-hmm. The letter E, which is extremely important, is environment. Uh, you know, the thing that you gotta got to realize is in life, you got to adapt to the new environment that you are in to achieve it. That's the same thing that I mentioned earlier. If you are from Senegal, you want to leave uh, 100% as a Senegalese, it's going to be very difficult mm-hmm. for you to achieve your dream. So adapting to the environment that you are in is extremely mm-hmm. important. The letter A is affirmation. You got to believe. You got to be able to tell yourself over and over again, what is this thing that you want to realize? Because I believe that the more you say it to yourself, the more you picture it, the more you hear it, the more you're going to realize it. So affirmation is, is very, very important. Uh, letter M, whatever you're trying to do in life, you cannot do it alone. Mentorship, <laughs> mentorship having mentor, uh, that's been there that can guide you through the process would really help you achieve that dream. And S, which is why we are here as human beings, we believe in, in sharing, we believe in paying forward. So that's pretty much the concept of dream that the African leadership group live by. Uh, we put it in place as member of the organization. Those are the values that we embrace and it help, it's helping us build the organization, build our, the community and, and having an input on a daily basis to, to, to members of the community. That's so beautiful, and and I'm struck with how it mirrors so many of the um, the teachings and the offerings that we we talk about in in from different perspectives on Wisdom Talk Radio. So it's you know it's 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 so aligned with um, with what we we offer here. Um, and so I want to take a leap into one one last question, which is about what your vision is, your dream is for the future for ALG. Oh, <laughs> like Sylvia mentioned, you know, we've come to realization we cannot do anything small. Uh, <laughs> dream for this organization is, I strongly believe that, you know, we have a huge role to play for the development of Africa. And um, the vision is for us to, to go national, to, mm-hmm. to have ALG for the state, and also to go have ALG worldwide. Um, because the concept is, the concept work, and uh, we are the platform that bring people together, no matter where they're from, what they look like. And we identify there's a need for what we do around the world. So my dream is to, uh, in the next couple of years to go national, start having ALG in other states, and also go international. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm already in conversation with people to have the African leadership group in, in Senegal, and, 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 and Sylvia being from Kenya, so she can help facilitate that in Kenya. We have people from Cameroon, from Ivory Coast. So that is, that is the, the goal and the vision to have the organization worldwide. That's, that's, it tickles me to my soul. I mean, that really is exciting. And I, I believe in that vision and I see it. Um, I'm already getting ideas. I want to say, oh, I have people for you, Sylvia, to talk to in Kenya. Um, yeah, there are probably people that in Uganda, for sure. Um, there's all kinds of different things that I'm, I'm uh, thinking about as possibilities. And I'm really also thinking about it in terms of those countries, uh, particularly in Europe, who have 
received uh, a lot of uh, the refugees, but who for years have had a big immigrant community and, and are struggling with that in their own different ways. And uh, the way in which this could be of such value in those communities. Yes, de- de- definitely. And, and like I said, uh, in, in our concept, we just want to start. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't know how far we're going to go, but we know we have the vision. We have the most important thing is the passion. Um, and, and, you know, we believe in the power of duplication. We believe in the power of partnership. Uh, like I said, dream work makes teamwork makes dream work. Those are the things that we believe in. We buy. And, and, and we really welcome every single person that has the desire to, to help, even though it's as little as just showing up to some of our program or some of our event. Mm-hmm. So we welcome you. And you can find more information on our website at usalg.org. Uh, usalg.org and uh, you go there you will find our address and contact phone number but look forward to partnering and working with 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 all of you because we need all of you thank you and thank you for sharing your contact information that was going to be my next um next next ask of you uh because i'm hoping that as people hear this um that they will be inspired for ways in which they can become part of this in their own way and in their own community. And who knows how that can, can spread throughout the world. Any, any last things that uh, either you, Papa, or you, Sylvia, would like to share with our listening audience? We really want to thank you for your time and allowing us to be part of your platform. And uh, we really, really appreciate you. And, uh, and just to let you know, you are part of the African Leadership Group. We, we, we love having you. Oh, thank you. And I feel a part of it. Thank you so much, Laurie. You, thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you, Papa. I, I feel inspired by our conversation today. And thank you to our listening audience for joining us today here at Wisdom Talk Radio. This is Laurie Seymour of The Baca Journey, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.